Rhode Island. This is your station, your music, the world famous. WXIN. Providence, Rhode Island, USA. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Ellens, the show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports here on 90.7 WXIN. I'm alone right now, but that is all right because this is the first week of the semester at Rick. Don't know why I'm excited. Shouldn't be excited. For some reason, I'm feeling it right now. We have a lot to talk about today. We have the ever-evolving bizarre saga of the Isaiah Thomas-Kyrie Irving trade. We have some not-so-pleasant Patriots notes. We have some not-so-pleasant Red Sox stuff to talk about. And then some general notes from around the NFL. Other stuff that's not really working in the Patriots' favor. But it's all right. Anyway, though, if you want to join in the conversation about any of these things or anything you want to talk about, our phone lines are still down. But do not be afraid to tweet at me, at Jake R. Elmsley. That is at Jake R-E-L-M-S-L-I-E. Once again, you're listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And with all of that on the table, we are going to dive right in. And would you believe it? This early in the program, we have a caller on the line. So we're just going to straight up answer that. Why not? Hello, who are we talking to? Uh, this will be a sports show. Oh, man. Well, can you tell the next music show to play Lincoln Park? I will, I will certainly see if I can arrange that. All right. Thank you so much, sir. All right. No. <laughs> one day, one, one day I'll get a call screener. Anyway, so last week on the lost episode of the Stadium Experience, which for some reason the SD card formatted, so I was not able to upload me... Dave Cusack, and Josh Percy. And as I say the name Josh Percy, Josh Percy steps into the studio. So please. I was feeling it. It's a party right now. We're raging against the machines here. I'm just I'm just going at it right now. I don't know. I'm in a really, I'm in a really chipper mood right now, Josh. All right. So Josh was with me last week on what has become a lost episode of the Stadium Experience due to our SD cards formatting, which is now why I'm now recording to the fat big one which I don't know what it's called, but I'm recording to that one now. So, because I lost my trust in the SD cards. But basically last week, me, jo- me, David Cusack, Josh Purse, we did a lot of discussion on the Kyrie Irving trade. Really, that's a big point, so that's the only thing I'll talk about from last week. But it was lost, but if you were listening, then you know. But since, you know, most of my listeners come from my podcast upload on SoundCloud, the official Stadium Experience SoundCloud, or on the official Stadium Experience iTunes. Just type in the Stadium Experience on iTunes. You can download my episodes and take them where you go. We talked about the Kyrie Irving trade, which has kind of devolved into a very, very bizarre saga. Very, very interesting. Yeah, it started with everything was fine. The trade was going to go through. And then suddenly the Cavs well, had a look. Well, if I am correct, the Cavs agreed to do it yet last what, last Tuesday night, right? Yep, and then they had a look at Isaiah. So Suddenly they're feeling kind of... They had a week from... Uh, Isaiah's doctor exam, medical exam, to decide if they were going to avoid the trade or not, which the exam happened on Wednesday. Yes. So at some point today, I don't know when the medical thing happened, if Isaiah got it completed done in the morning. Yeah, I would imagine it was Wednesday or Thursday last week. Probably. Well, no, from what I was reading on ESPN was that the Cavs said uh, until Wednesday afternoon into the nighttime so some point between probably probably between three and nine most likely that's a large time frame I yeah know, they but had time yep. they, that they have until that time today 
yeah, to, to officially void, void it. Yep. If not, I believe by tomorrow we will know if the trade officially yes. goes through. Anyway, let me give the, peop- the good people the timeline of what happened. So it happened, and then they looked at IT's medicals, and supposedly they're not feeling too good about those. So then the reports coming out were that they wanted Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown added to the trade, which obviously is ridiculous. I don't, I don't want to spoil my takes, but... Obviously, since I thought the trade was already an overpay, but one that I've kind of come more to terms with, uh, adding one of those guys would make it even more of an would make it just ridiculous. But so, and then it kind of came out that maybe they're not into that. Maybe they only want an From extra what I've read. first, or they want an extra second. And now it's coming out that the two teams ha- hadn't even talked since the trade was finalized the first time? Okay, so from what... I have heard is that they did talk over the weekend and that nothing had changed. Yeah. That Danny was standing his pat and Cleveland had not asked for any large additional no. pieces. Like you said, maybe a late first round yeah, or a the second Clippers round pick, pick a second or round. something like that might have been asked for. But from what I'm reading is that no other deal has been talked about is no. that the cle from what i'm reading is that danny ainge was completely transparent mm-hmm. they gave them every medical review that they had of isaiah all thomas the, yep all his hip and stuff th- so all his hip stuff so unless isaiah ran outside and jumped into a brick wall 15 20 times before heading over to cleveland my guess is that they didn't find anything different now if isaiah has been telling the celtics the entire time i'm not having surgery i'll play through it you know Obviously, the Celtics look at it different. And then if Cle- he gets to Cleveland and Isaiah is like, well, I don't want to be in Cleveland. So, um, by the way, I'm going to need surgery. On okay, my you're hip. going deeper with this. Than so, I what w- I'm saying okay. is, I believe that Cleveland found nothing else in the medical history. I am this type of guy that I read this, I go, Cleveland was waiting to play this chip. Okay. I'm the type of guy that goes, mm-hmm. Cleveland knew about Isaiah's injury, they knew how bad it was mm-hmm. or how little it is. Mm-hmm. And they knew what could have happened when they made this trade. And they know the rules that you have 24 hours yep. or you have, to, you have a week, um, a to week avoid to it, it due to medical issues. Um, they knew about this. So I think that Cleveland was always going to play this card with an attempt to either a, Get a better deal from someone else, mm-hmm. or B, get more picks from Danny. My understanding is that the only other team that has even contacted Cleveland well, since this ev- Boston, every team. No, oh, since, since this Boston, this Boston, Boston okay, yep. trade has been the Bucks, who have offered of a combination of Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon, and picks. Yes, yeah, so less for. Kyrie, which in my mind, Isaiah is better than both those players combined. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Crowder is better than Chris Middleton. Is on a better contract than Kyrie. Yeah, Chris yeah, Middleton. yeah. He's a more valuable chip. He's than a Chris more Middleton. valuable chip than Chris Middleton. Now, Malcolm Brogdon and those first ra- those picks that they would get ha- are the key to the trade. Chris Middleton would be the salary mm-hmm. would be added to make the salaries match. So, for Cleveland, I'm sitting there. They'd get two it's a guards. Wor- it's a worse trade. They would get two guards yep. and picks for Kyrie, 
where they already have, you know, D. Rose, J.R. Smith. Honestly, Brogdon and Middleton, I think, are better than the guards on their team other than Kyrie. Yeah, no, so easily. Easily. And honestly, they'd be the second best, the second two best guards on that team, even if Isaiah was on that team. So those two players, I'm not going to hack them. Because they're solid players and yeah. better than what they currently have at guard. But they're still not bringing back an all-star point guard. Exactly. And, and a, you know, in a defensive wing on a great Honestly, contract. Honestly, if you we're looking at underrated defensive players, Jay Crowder would be a, a, number one, first team underrated defensive player. Most definitely. Sure, yeah. He, honestly, he'd, if they had a third team defense, I, Crowder would probably be on it. Uh, I w- I'm not sure if I go with that before, but sure. I'm sure you've looked into okay. the metrics more. But I, you know what? Fine. I will not. I'm not going to argue with Celtics fans yes. trying to tell me that the vi- that the assets that the Celtics traded are valuable. No, 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 no. Well, I'm yeah, just, not going to argue with that. This is where you're going to see where I'm getting. Trust into. me. Not going to go down that route. This is where you're seeing me getting. Into. Not going to go down the Isaiah. Let me takes, let me, let me get go this to, truck back on the road. Not going to go down the Isaiah. Just gets a lot of and ones. No. So let me get back on the road. I was traveling uh-huh. down here. Cleveland had two options, and I think when they made this trade, a mm-hmm. convince another team to give them a better offer, and then they can pull that medical card, mm-hmm. or b get Danny to give up more picks, and mm-hmm. I'll pull that medical po- card. You know, so those were his, I think they were always planning to do those two things, but the thing is, a no other team has offered a better deal than the Celtics, mm-hmm. and b Danny Ainge is telling them to shove it. So. Cleveland's sitting here, and they're like, well, this didn't pan out the way we thought it would. Because you know that Danny might have been, been willing to give another first-round pick. You, I think Danny probably would have gone another first-round pick if needed. If like an, if Cleveland yeah, goes, if it hey, really hey, came down hey to listen, it. we don't like Isaiah's medical, and we got another trade. So unless you give us a first-round pick, you know, that Memphis pick, then we're walking. So... um this is that's where I think they were going. Um, unfortunately, Cleveland did not get any of those type of deals, and um, I think that they had their hands tied, and they are now stuck doing now stuck, and they're like, "Mike, Jake, you might want to turn your mic on." Um, they are now stuck here. Like, okay, a we didn't get a better trade offer like we mm-hmm. thought we would. B Danny Ainge isn't willing to give us anything extra, and we've already agreed to the trade. So now let's just sit here and tie the this team up for a week so they can't sign any extra players. They can't sign any, you know, roster completion players like Thomas Robinson, um, Tony Allen, Tony Allen, or any of those type of guys. So I think Cle- Andrew Bogut. Ex- <laughs> don't get my hopes up. Don't get my hopes up. This okay. has been the Andrew Bogut show. So, anyway, that's yeah. what I think that Cleveland had all, always planned on doing. So to see them, I I think they are the reason that this trade hasn't been announced, or maybe they didn't have much communication, is because. Um, no other team was willing to trade. I think they were hoping Phoenix would give him a call and offer him Josh Jackson. I was. I think they were hoping that Philly might have called him up. They were hoping that the Lakers would have, you know, called him up. They were hoping for a lot of these teams with high picks would call them up, mm-hmm. and they didn't. They were hoping to get Josh Jackson. Right. They were trying to force the other teams to give a better deal to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I think they accepted it in the first place to be like, hey. This is the type of deal we want. Uh-huh. But this guy's injured. So okay. give us a call if you can top it. And you know what? This GM screwed up. 
You see, because it's a okay. lose lose. Mm-hmm. If when it loses, you know they get an injured uh, on a last year of his contract, Isaiah. They get a decent um, asset in Jay Crowder. They get a first round pick, granted, um, and how it, and, and and they get Ante Zizek. Um and I think then you send Kyrie to the Boston Celtics. I think it's a it's a lose lose for them. I always thought that Kyrie is the best player in this trade, and now Cleveland is sitting here. Now they lose that way, and they lose again if they back out of the trade because then no other team is gonna sit here and be like, no, we will not talk trade with you because you're gonna try to play games with us. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Oh. Mel, you want mellow? We're not doing business with you because of what you pulled against the yeah, Celtics. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm. By the way, the phone lines are apparently working again. So if you want to call in and talk to us, don't be afraid to call in at 401-456-8787 or at 401-456-9946. Apparently, the phones are working again, which is lovely. But I'm willing to give Cleveland more credit than that. I, I am just looking at this, and I love the conspiracy theory. I love the deep theory. But looking at it, I can believe. That the Celtics were transparent. They gave them all their medical records on Isaiah. They gave them what their doctors were saying on Isaiah, which I'm not saying it's biased or that it was fake, but I can believe that Ainge was telling them, you know, yeah, this guy's fine. He'll be fine for the start of the season. He- no, because they have to hand over medical records. Right, they have to so- hand over records, but I can believe that he was dressing those records up, that he was explain, you know, kind of putting a positive spin on it. But well, th- no, it was probably... But then when Listen, IT the thing went, is, it's hang always on, hang up on. against the player. So if IT has been on the media saying I'm going to play, you know, right, and that's the other side of it. IT has been saying it, and Danny was probably saying, "Yeah, listen to him. He's going to be ready for the start of the season." And then Cleveland people they examined Isaiah and they say, "No, we don't think he's going to be ready for the start of the season. He probably should have gotten surgery because him not getting surgery was not an obvious decision to make. It was a toss up." So, I can believe that Cleveland looked at this and said, no, wait a minute, he's not as advertised. You know, I'm not saying Danny lied, but he could have dressed it up a little bit, which I'm not putting because anybody's going to put it up. If you're, if you're trying to trade somebody a player who might be damaged goods, obviously you're, g- you're going to give them the best case scenario if you're negotiating with somebody. So, I can believe that their people looked at it and their doctors just had a different opinion on it. You. Doctors can have wildly different diagnoses of things and what they think a player again, should do. That's the type of thing that I think Cleveland had always planned on doing. And I'm not sure about that because Isaiah is such a big part of this deal. And if he's not, but if I, but if they honestly think that if they were making this trade with the assumption that it, okay. So say that they were making this trade though, on the assumption that it was going to be ready for opening night. And then they, fi- and then after agreeing to the trade, they find out that he might not be. He might miss a few months. He might miss most of the season. That completely changes the dynamic of this trade. That, if you just want to follow me down that, with that on that logic for a second, if that's the case, it makes complete sense that Cleveland would now want to void the trade or that they now want to ask for more compensation. Which I'm not saying that is the case, but yes, if they find out that it can't play as soon as they want him to, and that he might not be able to come back as the same player, that completely. Changes the trade because now they're not getting an all-star point guard. But the thing is... Now their second best player is Kevin Love. Like, But the thing is that 
this IT injury happened against Cleveland. Yeah, but how much of a difference does no, that really make? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is they knew Isaiah was injured. Yeah. They knew okay. that he could potentially be damaged goods. Yeah, but ev- every team knows that. Yeah, so why, in their right minds, would they say, sure, we'll take Isaiah? Because maybe the Celtics medicals were positive. The Celtics medicals said that they would be okay. But then when they – and Danny was probably playing up the positive side of it. Danny was probably saying, yeah, our doctors – Isaiah is also playing up the – I'm reading all these reports. Doctors say that he has a tiny chance of missing the season. And Isaiah is saying that he has zero chance of missing the season. Yeah, and that's the point, though. One, But a doctor is saying that it's a tiny chance. and then No. They, See, that's the and thing. And then the Cleveland doctors look at it, and maybe they find something different. Because different teams' doctors will say different things. Once again, him not him not getting surgery was not an obvious decision. Yeah, no, he should have gotten surgery. Exactly, and that's the point. Maybe their doctors looking at it, no, no, no. We would have told you to get surgery. You not getting surgery puts you in jeopardy. And then they tell the team that, and now the team's going, okay, now we're getting Jay Crowder, Zizek, and the Nets pick, and a guy who might not ever play for us. No, we can't do that because, and some people are trying to say like, oh, well, it doesn't matter because the Nets pick is the big part of this trade. And yes, that's the biggest asset. But also, Isaiah Thomas is a big part of this trade. If they don't have Isaiah Thomas for the whole season, that totally shifts this trade because once again, they don't get an all-star point guard. They don't have somebody who can replace Kyrie's production, so then they need to look at, that yeah, changes a report it. yesterday was that Cleveland was not seeking another player or a high draft pick from the Boston Celtics. Which um, that part makes it kind of questionable that part i think plays into your theory that oh so why so what difference if like it's about how it can't play like what difference is a second round pick gonna make so that plays into your theory which i'll say that like okay if they're asking for jalen brown or jason tatum i'm like okay yes they want another player The thing is if if cleveland had caught if i was danny after this trade is complete and they get the medical and they call him up and go hey isaiah's hip might not be good like you said um we wanted to see for ourselves okay and okay, um, we're looking for another pick. Um, we're looking for another. We're we're interested. Yes, we would like more. We want more from you, know, you. We feel like instead of a full season of Isaiah, we're getting like four months of Isaiah. So yeah. we need we, we need like, more than that. We would like either Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, or that Philly 2019 pick. Yeah, the Lakers. If pick. I were Danny Ainge, I'd be like, Yeah, hang up the phone. Hey, I told you that Isaiah's hip is not a hundred percent. You see, I'm he, not certain. Uh, well, the thing is, um, you can't forge medical records. No, but you can so play, you can play them up. You can't. You send them to them. They go, oh yeah, that's they. They can look at it. They can think for themselves. Right, but also those are your medical records, and I'm just saying that your doctors so you're can come to a different conclusion. So you're accusing of their doctors. No, I'm not accusing. No, I'm records. not accusing their doctors at all. I'm just saying that I can believe that Danny showed them the medical records and was like, no, 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 no. he's fine. But so, this is why so as this is why you're these, taking Cleveland's GM as a complete moron. No, I'm not. For, but yeah, I'm that's saying what it is. No, you're I'm just saying that, that Danny could have played it lied, up. Or no, Cleveland not is lied. Incompetent just of maybe didn't. A, no, not lied. But maybe didn't give them the negatives. Maybe downplayed. You know, but he could also if miss time. They gave them the records. They didn't hide anything. No, verbal you're right. stuff means nothing. If you say, "Oh, he's fine," right? But but you can give them broken. your doctor's interpretation of the records, which could. So you're accused if their doctor. No, I'm not inter- accusing inter- them interpret- of anything. It's a negotiation tactic. Of course, you're not going to tell them. Oh, but also, we could miss the season. You got to tell them. Yes, we think he'll be fine. He might not be, but you're not going to say the he might not be. That's why there's. That's why trades have these physical portion. 
so stuff like this doesn't happen. That's the point of this. This is why there's this whole nether day of it. Is so they can examine and have their doctors look at it and have their doctors say it. Because also the Celtics doctors could just feel... But, but Cleveland's doctors could get it and they could find the same thing. But they could say to Danny that it's yep, worse. You're right. You're right. But I'm just saying that different doctors can look at an injury differently and think it's less severe or more severe than other doctors do. I just, I think, the, you know, but in that case, I don't think that Cleveland has a, an, a, an actual reason for, um, if they find the same thing. But they interpret it differently. Um, I feel like that's not grounds to void. Well, listen though, if they legitimate, if they were, if they were led to believe that Isaiah will be ready for the start of the season, and then they find out he might not be, and our doctors don't feel like he will be, because now our doctors have physically looked at him in his hip. They've actually had him in front of us. Not just. I just don't think that'll be a viable reason to void. And I, think I, don't think I think it could be. I think Adam Silver would agree with that. I think it definitely could be because once again, if they were led to believe that they're going to have this player at the start of the year, and then I find out they because if Adam won't. Silver goes and takes a look at the negotiations and see what Cleveland received, if he looks at Cleveland at the Celtics medical records and then looks at Cleveland's medical records, and I'm just looking, let's say he has a picture of Isaiah Thomas, his hip. They're the same exact picture. Yep. And Cleveland gets this picture from the Celtics. Right, but I'm saying is but it not— But their doctors okay. look at it, and they if it's all up for interpretation— Heck, the Bucks GM could think that the hip is fine. The Lakers Yes, and that's why think, there's this physical period. Yes. No, 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 no. What yes, I'm saying listen, is that— Cleveland's doctors Isaiah. might have looked at the records when they were negotiating the trade, yes. but maybe it turned out differently when they actually looked at Isaiah, and they actually had him in front but of him, the, the physical is, is person. Nothing was held, hidden away from them. If they didn't hide medical records, if they didn't lie and say, no, he's 100% healthy, if Danny Ainge didn't hide or lie about anything on those medical records, right, but, there's not a legit reason for But Cleveland's that's why there's avoiding. this point. This is why you get this grace period for your doctors to look at the player because your doctors can yes, find— Yes, but if they find— They can find different things, and they can just think it's a more severe injury. But the issue is that you could survey every doctor in the league, each team's head doctor. Yes. 50% could say that the hip is fine. Yes. 50% could say the hip isn't. Exactly. It's all up for interpretation. Exactly. And if your no, doctors but, don't. No, but okay. the thing is so that when you're these teams' doctors, you're supposed to remain unbiased. Yeah. Unbiased. So. Right. If, but can't no, you also argue that. No. The no, Celtics. let me finish. Okay, right, but what right. I'm saying is Adam Silver would look at it and say, well, it could go either way. They gave you the same information that you found, but your doctor uses a biased opinion okay. to try to help you get more stuff okay. or try to get you out of it. However, you received the, the same info that he got. Okay, but so, by that same logic, can't you... The Celtics doctor, if you're saying that these doctors are biased, no, 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 that's the Celt true. Doctors no, could also no, be biased. Nope, nope. But okay. what I'm saying that's is why every the team has their own doctor. But the thing is that medical records can't be forged. You have no. to write what is there. No, you're right. Okay. So if they write that there's a bruising on the hip, right? right? But it's also okay. not like they would give also, no. but they weren't also giving them the MRI from the okay. day before no, when they were negotiating this trade. No, that's true. They say, yeah, you know. Cleveland knew he was injured. Yeah. Okay? They went in there full knowing that he was injured. Right. Okay? He hasn't been practicing. Right. He hasn't been playing. And he technically hasn't been cleared. Okay? Mm -hmm. So Cleveland has known all this. Right. But okay? they, their doctors haven't no, had a chance no, to look at him no, yet. No, they knew they that hadn't. he hadn't been cleared yet. Right. Okay? But maybe so Ainge why is... Would they, yeah. 
G- the doctors aren't going to listen to the GM. No, but maybe Ainge is telling them, like, oh, yeah, no, like, yeah, at the hip, but he's coming along fine. He's in the gym. He's looking okay. He's doing some rehab yeah, stuff. But, yeah. And then they get him, and they find out that he can't even run yet. Nope. You ha- nope. I guarantee you that the terms of the trade, we're not NBA GMs. We don't know what's discussed, no, what's but th- handed over. Uh, you sure. Know, the thing is, like, if you have to... E- Hand in a medical report. Yes, you need okay. to give them. But yes. also, it wasn't like it wasn't like an up to the day medical report. Probably not. It was not by an MRI from earlier in the year. Probably not super earlier in the year. So it's th- probably fr- it would probably have to be recent. Recent, but not super recent. It's like they brought in Isaiah that day. Like, hey Isaiah, you got to hop in the uh, in the old cat scan machine again. But what I'm saying is, I don't think Cleveland has a ground to stand on to actually force a void in a trade. Well, look, if they legitimately think that Isaiah can't play the start of the season and that was what they but thought, the thing then they is, have every ground No, to. the thing is... And I w- would not no, count out the, the being... The thing un- okay. is, is that, just like with tampering, mm-hmm. you know, you have to prove it. So if Cleveland can't prove that medical stuff was hidden from them no, by the Celtics. No, not anything was proven, but they can prove that their doctor just doesn't think that the guy's re- doesn't the give him the same diagnosis is, as a Celtics no, doctor. No, that's fine. But the medical records should be the same. They were. They probably okay? were. Yes. So if it's up to interpretation, heck, Cleveland's GM could be like, hey, um, this is the same, but say it's not so we can get more, so we can void it. Okay, but, say that, but why would they just want to void it then? If they're trying to get more... And the Celtics bring it up. No, that, no, no. They go, okay, we're going to try to get more. And if we don't, we're just going to avoid it. Because this was our goal the whole along. Well, I don't think that they can't not avoid it, though. Cause what? But the th- I think Adam Silver has to go through an investigation to make sure that Cleveland got all the information okay, that but the also, Celtics doctors had. No, what, he'd have, what he'd have to do is he'd have to prove that the doctors were being tampered with. He'd have to prove to himself that the doctors were being manipulated to find a certain diagnosis. That could also be true. Tr- no, that is what no, he'd have. If he no. found out that suddenly that, you know, Dr. Cl- Dr. Cavalier has suddenly mysteriously got $100,000 deposited into an offshore account by Dan Gilbert, then yeah. But if the doctor's just saying... No, or I they d- have, or they have telephone records, or or yeah. or if David Griffith destroys his telephone when yeah. asked for it. No, 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 um, he just does it every couple of months. Anyway, <laughs> that's what he would. That's what he'd have to fight. The Celtics would not be the ones who would. No, they they would not be investigating the Celtics. They'd be investing in Cavaliers. They'd be looking at it and which see. Which is what I'm saying is that I don't think Adam Silver would find anything on the Celtics side. No, he wouldn't be looking at it. Okay. He'd be looking. No, they'd be looking. Did, because did I guarantee Cel- you that the Cleveland Cavaliers would say that they didn't get all the info on Isaiah. No, no, no. I, I fully believe that Ainge gave them all the info, that he gave them all his info and th- what their doctors were I saying about I guarantee you that he told them that Ante Zizek was going to be a Hall of Famer. You really think they believe that? No, but of course. But like, think about that. You're... No, but he probably told them this is what Danny Ainge could have told them that each one of these players uh, gained an extra ten pounds. And Zizek and is, is, and Isaiah is now six feet tall. You really think the GM's gonna be like, yeah, okay? No, but it's different that. But him saying our doctor says that his hip is healing fine and he'll be ready to play the start of the season. And then, th- unless, and then, no. What Adam Silver would have to prove is that their doctor was manipulated into saying otherwise. And I don't know how we'd find proof of that unless there's some really sketchy stuff going on. But unless he can prove that, they can void the trade. That's the entire point of having this physical 
Otherwise, why would they have it if every time a team doctor says, no, 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 this guy isn't what you thought he no, was? No, see, I think Cleveland would go the other way. I think that they would try to pin it on the Celtics and Danny Ainge for hiding medical stuff. Yeah. Or not. No, do, because, no and then I think they no, would but have I'm to investigate. If, you, if you're trying to say that there was a way that Adam Silver could make them have this trade go through. That would be what they have to find. They'd have to find that Cleveland tampered with the doctor somehow. And I, I, I know. I don't think it would be on Cleveland's side. I think what I'm saying is there's multiple different ways that Cleveland can go about this. They can say that their doctor found something else. They're saying that they weren't given all the medical information. Yep. They, were said that the Cel- they could say that the Celtics didn't give them uh, the medical history in time. They could say that the Celtics didn't... Um, didn't uh you know let them know about Isaiah's hip yep. or just like if Jay like let's say Jay Crowder had a broken ankle and he didn't tell anybody about it. Well yeah, you know? that would be grounds to be You know tra- what I mean? That would be grounds to pull the trade off the table. No, yeah, I I feel like well yeah, if Jay Crowder shows up with a broken leg and they're like you didn't you, you didn't, didn't know? tell us he had a broken leg. No, yeah, that's where I think they'd have to say if the Celtics medical history is sitting there and it says that he Isaiah has a broken hip, okay? And Cleveland sees it too. Mm-hmm. But Isaiah keeps telling him, he goes, I'm going to play through it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the Celtics know that he has a broken hip, but Isaiah is willing to play through it. It doesn't hurt him that much. And if Cleveland gets that information and they know that, and then they right. get it, and then they but go, But it's still hey, all different have, until your mo- doctors look at the guy. It's no, different. No. But what I'm saying is, if, I, if that's the issue, let's say Isaiah has a broken hip, and that's what Cleveland Also, finds. let's not forget hip issues. Or no. tricky hip issues ruin yes. careers. So let's say he has a broken hip, but he keeps saying he's going to play through it. Okay, he's telling the media, he's telling Danny, yep. he's telling his doctors because he not, needs to. Okay. Or else he yeah. just tanks his market. Yeah. So Danny calls him up and they send him their medic his medical history, mm-hmm. uh, his medical history, and it says, "Hey, he has a broken ankle, a uh, broken uh, hip." Why, why he goes, well, he keeps getting shots. He's playing. He says he feels fine. He's doing everything that he needs to do. He's running. He says he has no issue with it. Yep. It, doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't bother him. If, as long as the Cavaliers got that stuff from the Celtics, and then they brought him in, and they said, okay, well, here's the thing. Will you be willing to play through it for us? But – I guarantee you that this has always been the tactic of Cleveland. They knew about his injuries. They knew it to a T. Mm-hmm. They got it. They gave him a physical. They always knew that they were going to go back to the Celtics or go to other teams and say, hey, he's injured. We can void this trade if we don't get right, a Right, but on the deal. other side, like, Josh, have you ever gone to a doctor? They told you one thing. Then you go to another doctor, and they're like, eh, No, I usually just go to one doctor. Right. Okay, well, I, I've... Whatever, I'm not going to get into my medical history. I've but gone to... I mean, I've gone to a doctor, and then I've, I've been pushed to another specialist, and they all say the same thing. Okay, well, I've, I've never had, had a doctor tell me two different things. I have. I've had a dentist. They have. Doctor... They're not all the same. They don't all look at things the same way. Doctors well, don't dep- all evaluate things the same way. Uh, also, it depends on the actual person. Right. And once again, you could be. You're right. There could like be this underhanded side to it. I'm just saying also that, you know, I'm not going to just say that Danny Ainge is just this helpless. Honestly, th- I don't think it would be on Danny or the other GM. I think it would be on the two teams' doctors. 
yeah, it's the way they see it. And, and I also, think they'd I, have to and also, once again, I can believe that Danny was trying to was putting. Obviously, he would put the most positive spin possible on well, the injury. Well, what if Kyrie shows up with a broken hand? He's been st- he 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 bought he was he was he was suffering from uh, hand injuries all season. Well, last yeah, year. then they can also pull the trade off the table. But also, this this is the other side to it because people are trying to make this out like, and I agree. Also, I think I need to point out that I guarantee you that. They would have avoided the trade by now. Yeah. Also, I think that the trade's probably going through at this point. But and we'll definitely know by like tonight. If there's nothing by tonight, like that's when I'm, like ten o'clock has been like the the soft deadline I put on it. But also the other side of this is that people have kind of been trying to paint it like, oh, like Danny should just dig in and not get anything, which he shouldn't, which I totally agree with, just on kind of a moral ground. But only thing you I know, would give let, him but, is. But hang on, hang on. But when you say it that way, you're making it out like Danny has all the leverage here, which really. He doesn't. Both of these teams are worse off than they were before they made this trade if they decide to pull this trade off the table. Because it's not like Danny can just now welcome back Isaiah and welcome back Jay and everybody's just going to be happy. It's not like if they're like, oh, never mind, we're going to pull the trade off. Like everybody, everybody pull your IT jerseys out of your fireplace. Paw Sox have welcome back IT night. Jay Crowder, you're going to still be best buds with Gordon Hayward. Zizek. Zizek, how you doing? How's David Blatt? Like like I said, I feel like if this trade got voided, it would be a lose-lose for both teams. That's what I'm saying. Like, But also, it's not like... Da- so, I don't know. Maybe if Danny Ainge had to add a second... Like, you know, if it came to the breaking point of Danny needs to add, like, the Clippers pick or an extra second-round pick to make this go through... I wouldn't like it. Obviously, you wouldn't like it. You wouldn't like how they kind of have been kind of tossed around a little bit here. But also, if the alternative is there's no trade, that would be that would be bad. And like I said, I thought the trade was an overpay. I still think that it is. But I've kind of talked myself into it because in the end, you know, they've gotten a piece. They've gotten a real legit foundational piece in Kyrie Irving. And, you know, maybe it's just kind of kind of talk myself into it. I'm excited that, you know, now the team is going to be a legitimate team full of star NBA players. They're not going to be a team of overachievers anymore. I I want to see how Brad Stevens can handle this team because that's kind of a big point to to this whole Kyrie Gordon Hayward thing. Like, I do want to see how Brad Stevens can handle this because this is he's never really had a team with egos on it. So I just got an update. um, Oh, boy. That about five or six hours ago. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Celtics had less than 24 hours. So I'm saying that by yes. the end of the day today. That's what I'm saying. By like nighttime. I, I think by the end of day, the end of the day today, we should know. I want to say, I don't want to say day. I want to see like, say like the night because this trade was made at night. So I'm just, I don't want to count out that things can happen at 10 o'clock anymore. Well, no, they have 24 hours from uh, the, I believe. The from like this morning. Yeah. No, they have till tomorrow to do it, to void it or else it goes through. But. I'm just saying that it's not like, you know, almost the, the Cavs kind of have more leverage in this situation just because, like, I don't know, what, what Kyrie was pissed already. Like, they could just take, it's not like, I mean, Kyrie might be a little more pissed because, oh, like, I thought I was out of here, but the Celtics made a bunch of their players pissed by making this deal. Or a bunch of the guys that they, so the Celtics would have more malcontents than they started with if this trade didn't go through. So I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know, Josh, like, obviously we'd all hate it. We'd all feel, you know, like Danny Ainge got made a fool, but 
if it comes down to the Celtics have to add, I feel like that the GM that would lose in that in that sense would be Cleveland's. GM. Also, also Cleveland's GM. I think no, I think people would make fun of he Danny would not for getting look, played, but the Cleveland's that GM, GM would not look good. Kyrie's not going anywhere. Because Nobody why would any team? Why yep. yeah? Why team? What team would want to deal with him? Also, it's not like Cleveland's going to get a better offer than what the Celtics offered them. Really, I honestly don't think that's out there. If it was out there, it would have been out there by now. You know, it's not like Cleveland's going to, unless this is some bizarre ploy by them to you know put out there like this is what we want for Kyrie. We want this or more. I don't think that deal would really be out there. I don't think there's another team that can trade them an all-star point guard, a potential top five pick a real solid role player piece and a young player also, with upside. I think Cleveland is afraid. I think their GM is afraid of being made to look like a fool. Because what if IT comes back and he plays like two or three months and then he's out for the season? And then Zizek doesn't play. Well, that's and you all you And let's say the Nets. Actually, it's funny because I think ESPN ranks five or six teams worse than the yeah, Nets. Yeah, I don't buy that narrative. I think the Nets uh, roster is just putrid. Well, I honestly, like I thought that before I mean, this trade was the made. The Pacers is putrid. Yeah, the Hawks the, are putrid. But here's, my, here's my argument with that. I think that they're, they're comparable rosters, but the Pacers, well, the Hawks and to a lesser extent the Pacers still have some semblance of structure. Like, those, like they still have coaching staffs. That no, like, when was the last time the Hawks didn't make the playoffs? I guarantee you they're gonna miss the playoffs. Oh, they're gonna sure. miss the playoffs, but I'm just saying, like, they still have that. But like, no, what this is what I'm saying is that the Nets aren't the favorite to they have the worst roster. I'm the just going off what ESPN said. Right. They analyze the players that are on the team. I just now. like the worst um, team in the league. Well, I've read rankings where they're still the worst team. It's just the worst team in the I league. I think that, like I've said, that there are five player. or six teams out there that could potentially be worse than the Nets or just around the same that those lottery balls could fall right, to I just, outside the top five. Right, the lottery thing, but I'm just saying, like, in terms of record, I'll always kind of count on the team that's been sucking to continue sucking than the team that's, like, new to the sucking world. I don't know. I just think, like, when you go from a playoff team to really bad, there's a little bit of a period where, like, you're just, like, mediocre because, you know, you, your players, your guys, they still, like, know what they need to do to make it to the Unless playoffs. Unless you're, like, to the win. Pacers who lost the majority of their yeah, team. The Pacers. And then that's why I'm saying the Hawks The more Pacers so. were legit dragged by the horse yes. named Paul George. No, you're right. And now you lose him. The Pacers are so worse. I'm just saying that more the so. The Hawks are worse off. The, the, the no, Pacers are. I mean, No, I know. I'm just saying that the Hawks, like, they still have something of structure. Their coaching staff still knows what they're doing. Like, but what I'm saying is that there are about six or seven teams, including the Nets, just circling down there on the pool of sucky, um, and those lottery balls could fall anywhere. And I think that GM is afraid that Zizek's going to suck. Well, no, if he thought about this already, he wouldn't have paid the trade. No, but what I'm saying is Cleveland always had this other, you know, they always well, had see, this see, plan. Here's, here's an interesting thing. Here's... A different side of this to take that I heard this morning. What if it's not the GM? What if it's Dan Gilbert came in after seeing the trade? Because remember, it's a new GM in Cleveland. This is his first move. No, Gilbert was here. Um, the trade that almost went through before Gilbert came in that got kicked off the table. The Suns trade. The yep. Suns trade with uh, the uh, Nets and no, the Knicks and uh, the yep, Cavs. Yep, yep. That trade, he goes, yeah, no, we're not doing. Well, no, that. but that's what I'm saying. He He's, facilitated this trade. What? But I'm saying. I'm not sure to what degree he facilitated the trade. Maybe he once again just said, you know, go negotiate a trade. I want more for Kyrie. And then this trade goes through. He starts to hear rumblings from his doctors. Oh, well, maybe IT isn't okay. And now he jumps in and 
He's telling them, no, 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 no. We need more. I want to feel better about this. I don't know. I'm just saying that. No, I don't. I do not. I did not hear a single phone, a, a rumor of a phone call to to Cleveland because that other GM was not willing to trade Kyrie. Right. That's what I'm saying, though. This so, is a new GM. Yes, this is a brand new. And that's what I'm saying. Here. Dan Gilbert might not be willing no, to just. Dan com- Gilbert was the GM that was here when mm-hmm. the Celtics started to talk to Cleveland. Okay. No, he wasn't. He wasn't the GM. Yes, he was. They had their VP acting as their GM. No, he was the GM. He was signed. Dan Gilbert. Yes. The owner. No, the new GM. Right, that's what I'm saying. The new G is what I'm saying. The new GM negotiated this, but I can believe, that's what I'm saying, but I can believe that the owner isn't just willing to just... I thought the owner has always been the same. No, that's what I'm saying. Dan Gilbert is the owner. Yes. But he has a... He was here the entire time. Right, let me finish though. But he didn't he, go anywhere. Right. I'm just, I don't so mean, he, why, why I don't mean he actually came in. I mean, let me finish. Let me finish. I guarantee you that let the GM me, got this hang call. On, he hang okay on. He okayed the hang trade. Hang on. But he has this rookie GM. Yes. His first move. Who most definitely brought it by him yes. first. Yes. He negotiated it. No. He, no, let but me I'm saying. Finish. Let me finish. No, you are let being me. irrational. You're saying that this GM went behind its owner's back and completed this no, trade. No. No. I'm saying that the owner saw the trade completed, went, okay, yes, this is good. But then maybe the G, the owner, who's not a doctor, yeah. who's not a Neither GM. the GM. So the GM right, wouldn't but let me, know but any the of this. GM, the GMs know a little more. I'll give them a little more credit just because they... They've seen more medical stuff than we've seen. Okay. But the owner, maybe he just starts to just hear rumblings from the doctors. Like, ooh, like maybe, you know, this guy's not so okay. So now suddenly he jumps into his GM's ear and he's like, hey, get more. Because I can believe that he's not willing to just be totally hands off with a guy who's making his first trade, trading around, trading the second best and the youngest all-star on his team. I'm just saying that that's just another angle to this, that maybe this wasn't some nefarious plan from the GM from the beginning, but maybe... No, I thought this was a nefarious plan from the GM. Obviously, but I'm just saying that that's... the owner. And I'm not definitively saying any of these plans. I'm not definitively... I'm just just trying to put all the different angles to this out there. I have a feeling that I highly doubt that Dan Gilbert did not know anything that was going on. No, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying that maybe at the end he looked at it again and he went... No, I guarantee you... Maybe not. He looked at it at the end... And I honestly, I think he's perfectly fine with the trade, other than the IT thing. But I'm getting to it. See, GM, I don't love Dan Gilbert. No, the GM, the GM looked at it and they go, "Okay, this trade is good. Um, Zizek has a high ceiling. Um, Crowder's a really good defensive player. He's really underrated. Great contract. Yep, 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 um, yep. And IT, where he, yeah, yeah, the, the GM, Celtic, we all know the know, assets. Yes, we all know the okay. assets. Then he started to hear rumblings. Yep. After the trade went through, checking mm-hmm. social media, seeing that G- Cavs look like a fool trade. Well, that's the I, thing. I don't no, think that's the thing. I think though, he because saw most that. of the media has been positive. I've heard people say no, that, but most I of the media has been, been very positive towards the Cavs. No, most media has been saying that the Cavs won this trade. Everything I've seen has said they, that. Outside no, of they were saying they won this trade until the IT medical thing by the doctor saying that oh if this trade goes through Cleveland gets gypped because Isaiah won't play the whole season and then you just get Crowder Mm -hmm. you get Zizek who's still young he could be a bust you get that Nets pick that could fall below six and then you get to be you get to be the next GM that got played by Danny Ainge and then Mm -hmm. he goes wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I need to make sure that I don't get made a fool so let me call him up and get 
Tatum or Brown. Well, see, and then think... Danny Ainge is going to be like, no. you knew all this. Mm-hmm. You knew that Zizek's young and that he could be a bust. You, we, he hasn't played in the NBA. Jay Crowder is the best piece in this trade, in my opinion. The cheap contract, solid defensively, can put up offensively occasionally, and he's, he got, he's a type of guy that could play 40 minutes off the bench. So well, you know the best piece in this trade is a Nets pick, but anyway, go on. Well, depends. Go on, go on. It depends on, yep. on that Nets pick, because if if we're sitting in the sure, twenty eight, sure, 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 sure. If this was the twenty eighteen off season and that lottery ball had already fallen, it's number one. Yeah, that's the best freaking p- dr- asset in the league. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the twenty eighteen season, and that pick falls to five or six, mm-hmm. that is actually one of the. I wouldn't say it's the worst asset, but it's not the best asset. No, you're right. You're because right. Because Zizek is probably the worst asset in that trade. But if Isaiah— it's, There are a lot of ways where this plays out yes, with the different assets. Yes. Or like where, Isaiah in, balls in way, out, and then he becomes their best player for the next— Or in a way that that Nets pick could actually be the worst asset. If Crowder plays better than he did in, with the Celtics. If IT stays healthy and becomes a first-team All-Star. Yep, and, and becomes, a a, and becomes NBA, their guy. And, and then and Zizek MVP. develops into, I don't know, something. But Z- I miss Zizek, you, Zizek. Uh, I miss you. into half of what Love DeMarcus the tall Cousin European is. centers on this um, team for some reason. Turns into the next, you know, Tristan Thompson. Yeah, the next, you know? yeah, yeah, or sure. the next Kevin Love. Sure, he becomes a 10-10 guy. Yeah, so that Nets pick could be the worst asset. But there's, no, but again, it could be the best. Right, right. Anyway, anyway, so you're saying I that, think that, that that the GM, GM got cold feet. Sure. After that, it was sure. done. That's also possible. That is also and he's trying to find an a excuse better offer to void it. That's this is such a weird story. Like, I'm just saying that. And that I, no, you're right. That's also an angle too, because I'm not. I'm not definitively saying 2K didn't even do the trade. I'm telling you, no, like 2K wouldn't even approve. Like it. I'm saying, like I cannot definitive. I'm not trying to definitively say. What I think this is a case of, I'm just trying to kind of put everything out there because, you know, the Boston media has been... Actually, no, the Boston media has been pretty... Boston media is a lot fairer than I usually say. The Boston fans have been very quick to just say that this is just Cleveland pulling something. And I'm just saying that there are other sides to it that this could potentially be. I and still all, think that it's Cleveland Also, though, something. Also, the other side is that these teams, teams haven't really talked at all. Which is it's the other. because I don't think they have anything to talk about. Right. Me too. I don't think they do either. If I'm Danny Ainge, I'm like, no, no. No, but also if I'm Danny Ainge, you can't just be saying no, ignoring their calls, and not even be a little nervous that they just void the trade, and now suddenly you you have Isaiah and Jay again, and they're pissed. So, it's, I think it's a it's either gonna be a win win or a lose lose yeah, lose lose. But lose I'm just saying that Cleveland everybody. doesn't. Boston has more to lose if this trade doesn't go through than Cleveland. Boston absolutely has more to lose. If this team doesn't go through, if this trade doesn't go through, because what happens to Cleveland is they get back Kyrie, who wanted to be gone anyway. No, the issue is, I think it hurts them in other trades. Yes, but they can still get rid of him. The thing is, if IT comes back because he's injured, no team's going to want him. That's my point. That's and my point. Cleveland's still fine. still try to get rid they of Jay can, Crowder they can and still Zizek and that first Ky- round They pick. can still flip Kyrie, but then the Celtics, you're getting back... IT, whose value around the league has definitely gone down. He's damaged goods now in the eyes of everybody if he wasn't before. Jay Crowder is pissed. Zizek probably doesn't care. I don't know. He doesn't look like a guy who gets mad about stuff. And then the Nets pick is mad at you. But the point, like, your team chemistry is probably completely thrown off. Like, I'm just saying, like, Danny Ainge also isn't in, like, you know, the easiest situation here. 
He's I not, think that if the, the trade falls through, that the Cavaliers can still come out as winners, but I think the Celtics exactly. are screwed. The Celtics aren't a bad, that's the point. The Celtics are in a bad position. Suddenly the team chemistry is thrown off. They're absolutely screwed. No, honestly, I yeah, think exactly. they're screwed. That's the point. So that's the thing. that peop, There are some people who don't feel that way, and I'm just saying that the Celtics, they're not in a good position if, that's, if this goes through, if this doesn't go through. So I don't know. That's really – we'll stop with the negative and move on to the negative. So in the pre – it's been a bad week. Yeah, this has honestly week. been a bad week for us. Rest in peace, Edelman. Yeah, that's the next subject. Thank you. He didn't die. No, Edelman. Yes, Julian well Edelman have. against the Lions on the first drive of the third preseason game against the Lions, which I was watching. Went down and it did not look good. And yeah, so obviously, if you haven't heard somehow yet, because you only use me as your only source of sports news, uh, Julian Edelman is. Out with a torn ACL for the season, and this was on the same night. Wasn't this on the same night that like the Kyrie trade might not happen? Rumblings were coming out, something like that. Like it's it just all came at once, and yeah, this is. Although I'm not as worried about the Patriots as no, I am the no, Celtics, and obviously, but I I want to dance around talking about this in a certain way because I don't want to just completely brush it off as oh it's nothing. But I also don't want to try to say that the sky is falling because this is a blow. New England fans, once again, it's okay that if a player gets traded or if a player gets hurt or if a player leaves, it's okay. And Bill Belichick, we trust. Right, but it's okay to on any team to accept that a player who's not here anymore is still good. Just remember that. That's, just, that's a big thing that I always want to remind people. This is not as bad this year as it would have been last year. And once again, this sucks because the team, they have guys who can play in the slot. The Patriots are deep at slot. They have a lot of options for guys who can play in the slot. Well, my first thought was when this happened or after, I'm like, oh, how are they going to deal with nobody being able to play in the slot? But just not to have The Patriots have a lot of issues on offense just because they have a lot of running backs. Not Killingly. issues. It's not. No, they're good issues. Yeah, they have a they surplus. Have, right. They have a surplus of solid running backs. James White, Deion Lewis, uh, Rex Burkhead, Mike Gillingsley, uh, Brandon Bolden. They have five running backs that they plan on keeping on this team. One of them hopefully will never touch the ball on yeah. offense. Um, Probably, yeah. Hope not. Hopefully in a best in but the, if we're if we're in the AFC championship game and Brady's throwing passes to Brandon, Brandon Bolden, Bolden we this, have Houston, we do yeah, have yeah. a problem. At some point I came on here and I was like, okay, now the sky is falling. Now we can be worried. Okay, so where I was going with this is right. that you can have Malcolm Mitchell. You have yep, who has but also been having yes, issues lately, but you have Malcolm Mitchell. You have Danny Amendola. You have James White, who has great hands. You have yep. Deion Lewis, who yep. has great hands. Burkhead, who could Burkhead. be a slot receiver, honestly. Yes. I believe that. And Austin Carr. Austin Carr now makes the team, probably. Yes. Yep. Even so, Brandon Cooks. Honestly, you know, you don't you don't could really be running on an outside to, yep. to, to an in you route. Don't, yeah, you don't love to have... You, you don't want to put your best receiver Right, you at, want him to be the deep threat, but, you know, now, but also but on Chris plays... Hogan can be a deep threat, Right, you too. can also suddenly in the middle of the play, you know... Suddenly, shift James White out wide and have Cooks in the slot, and then he burns a linebacker, and then he goes with it. And once again, I don't want to understate what Julian is. You know, any one of these guys can play in the slot, but, but the Ed- thing is, none Edelman of them are has be as reliable. Right, Edelman is Brady's guy. Edelman is Brady's security blanket. He's a guy who he goes to. So I don't want to understate that, but you know, they do have guys. Somebody in. who can they have replace a similar play style. 
Right, but they're going to probably need that from a couple of guys. It's not just going to be one guy. Yeah, but no, it's going to be all those guys we listed. Exactly. They're all going to be at some, definitely at least like for the first part of the season, we'll see a lot of guys playing out of slot, which is what they do anyway. But, you know, they uh, don't forget about the, the big man. Yeah. Who also would love to play in the slot. Also, Rob Gronkowski is back. Yeah. So, no, obviously. You know, like, we, OK, we so if fine. so, here's a fun thing. All right, Josh, if you had to rank the most. Like from top to bottom, the most important players on the team, the most crucial players on the team. You know where would you put Edelman before this happened? Top five. Okay, fair enough. Top yeah, five. Same. I wouldn't put him first. I'd probably go. You know Brady. I'd, Brady. Brady number one. Like Brady probably. McCourty. I'd have Hightower before McCourty. No, because just the, because no, just because um, Hightower's role. They don't have anybody in the front seven. That's true, but like if Hightower is gone for a long time. But the thing is that the, the Patriot linebackers seem to always step up at the right time. They always have a guy. They always have a guy. In I'm waiting. very worried about the front seven of this team, but that's a different conversation. Okay, because no, that's the next. But what I'm saying is a, that hang Brady, on, hang on. Actually, actually, let's kind of. I was gonna finish the ranking for starve you. Starve off on the front seven conversation for sure. Continue the okay. ranking. Brady, number one. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, he's the engine that makes the team. Rob go. Gronkowski, number yep. two. I I I'm hesitant to say that just because, because they won the Super Bowl without him. Yes. If you'd asked me last year, I would have said Gronk number two. I still put him there because they don't have Bennett, and Allen has been struggling. Yep. Okay. Fair so enough. So if you fair take enough. Gronk out, there's an fair issue enough. with tight end. Fair enough. Okay. okay. That's fair. Right. Last yep. year I wouldn't have put him there because Dwayne Allen isn't Martellus Bennett. Yep. Yes. So Gronk at number two. If we're continuing with people, I'd put. McCourty and Hightower up there. Yep. And then I would put Edelman. Yep. But now that Edelman's gone, I put Crooks. And then you see, I would I don't put, know if I want to put any one offensive weapon there quite yet. Besides I would Gronk. I would if we didn't have Stefan Gilmore, I would put Malcolm Butler Same. as top five. But I still if might if we lose one of them, we still have another shutdown corner. But I want to see how Gilmore plays in the system first. Okay, as in a regular fair. game, because if he can play shutdown, if he can corner, play like he's been playing in practice or playing like yes. he's been playing in preseason, it'll exactly. be amazing. Then we have two shutdown corners. Yes, which is you incredible. know what I mean. And yes. most teams only need one because most teams only have one dominant receiver. Yep, but so, you need to. But anyway, you need corners to win. But yeah, anyway, so you're right. So it, that's why Edelman, I don't l- rank the two tight ends as l- high as you would like me to. Okay, that's fair. Fair enough. No, fair enough. So anyway, like we just put it out there, like Edelman. He's my favorite player on the team. Well, he's he's basically, I mean, I love this quote. If you ever listen to the Super Bowl that they won against Seattle, mm-hmm. it was they were on the go, they were on the goal line, and uh, Edelman did that zigzag. Yep. And it, Brady didn't look at anybody else. Yep. Because the announcer said, "Who do you turn to when things get rough?" Yeah, Scott Zolak. People that you can trust. Yep. And Brady trusts Edelman with his life. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Edelman so, caught the game-winning touchdown yes. in that Super Bowl. So that gets lost in the inner in the, in the Brady, Malcolm Butler. And but he caught that pass against Atlanta. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I don't think anybody else does. No. Okay. Edelman is the guy. He puts in so much. He puts in so much work. All the receivers. He's, the- he's willing to put his legit like health, health, not not legs, but no, his yep. his mental health. He, at risk. Probably played with a concussion in Super Bowl in the 2014 yes. Super Bowl. He definitely played with a concussion in Brady the 2014. Had been missing somebody like Welker, who was wi- who was yep. willing to get his head taken off for the team. 
And that's what Edelman's been doing. Yep. So I'm not will. I just don't want to fall into like the memesters and be like, oh, so just some other random short white guy will step no, up and do. No, no, nobody know, will. I just don't. Nobody want, I, will. Right. That's the point I'm trying to. It's like I said, we're towing the line here. We're trying to explain how good Edelman is, but, but also he, we can also we're use also, a group of people. We're to also replace fine him. with it. You know what you I know? mean? Now, if we didn't have. Amendola or how Chris many Hogan. other how many other fans can really act this like nonchalant about their favorite because Edelman's my favorite player. But the thing is, how is many like, other how many other fans of other teams can feel this nonchalant Brady, about to play okay. in the slot for Tom Brady takes some huge balls. Yep. And you know who has some huge balls? Danny Amendola, yep. Wes Welker, mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman. And you know what? Chris Hogan's been showing that he has yep, some. Chris, they've been. He has some giant gonads. They've too. been boys. So, him and Hogan. I mean, Chris Hogan. We don't want to stereotype the Patriot slot receiver as a short no, white dude like Austin Carr or <laughs> Julian yep. Edelman, Wes Welker, because you could also see Malcolm Mitchell playing there. He's a. T- he's a. He's I a like st- him more as a Y, but it's kind of the. You might need to use him. Yep. There. Yep. You know what I mean? But the br- kind of the, the branch role. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, listen, they the will type, yeah. they will figure it out. They have such a surplus of weapons this year. Now, if we're talking in years past where they were always looking for that big name wide receiver. Yep. If Gronk was unhealthy. Last then, year, I would feel de- this would devastate me. Yes. Last year without Crooks with actually, you know what? If Edelman got injured in the preseason, I think Belichick would have pulled a trade. Yeah, exactly. And I still think that they might be looking outside the team. Maybe at this Dion pos- Branch, <laughs> right? But I'm saying, I still think that the team, you know, they might still look outside the team. You know, I don't want to make Austin Carr is the guy who will make the team if they don't add anybody. But I also don't want to completely rule out. I think that they'll wait to see what happens. Yeah, no, they're not gonna do it like right now. But also, but also on the other hand, this offense is traditionally very hard for wide receivers to pick up. So also. They probably would w- rather have a guy who's been in the building. So, no, the issue here is is that I think because, what, the trade deadline's after tr- week four or week, week five? Week four is when it's cutdowns. Week four, teams are going to – because with, with the new way it's structured. In the past, like this week, teams would have had to trim their rosters down from no, nine. No, no, no. I'm talking trade deadline legit week four, like regular season. I think it's, lo- I think it's later than that. It's like it might week be five six, or six or seven. something like that. Well, no, if they I make a trade, then it's week well, no, eight. If but they it's make not a trade, the they're making it before now. They're no, making it in nope, the next week nope. or so. I think that they wait. They're making it before no, opening day. Nope. I think they wait to see what Austin Carr and Danny Amendola can give them. Because if Danny Amendola gets injured playing the slot, because I guarantee you he's gonna he's gonna be their first option, they uh-huh. can put him on the injured reserve. Yep, the and boomerang. then they can keep Austin Carr and sign somebody else. So that's why okay. I think they wait to see. You if see, I just I I'm hesitant to say that this team's going to bring in a. Re- no, I mean they have brought in receivers midseason. No, I guess you're right about that. Yeah, that's also not impossible. No, you're right. You're right. But anyway, the next thing is that the Patriots yesterday swung a trade for Flowers from the Bengals for a seventh for round pick. Who s- sat Marquise Flowers from the Bengals for yep 2018 seventh round pick when I first read sadly that, I, we don't have uh we don't have Elove in here to give us our bangle unfortunately insight. when I read that I thought it said they traded Trey Flowers for a seventh round pick and I was like Belichick what are you doing what is this you've gone full rogue is there a seventh rounder that you like so much next year that you're willing to trade Flowers I really like this D end out of um Kentucky Atlantic Coastal 
There, I like this DN, this DN out of the D. No, I like, Florida, I like this, Florida. I like this wide receiver out of Kentucky Atlantic Coastal. I want to convert. Hey, to I DN. saw a defensive end at Cumberland High School. I think we should wait four years <laughs> to get him. No, no, it's just a guy at Rutgers. There's just some lacrosse player at Rutgers who he's like, yep. This is a midfielder at Rutgers. He's like, yep, that guy, that guy can sack the QB. But anyway, so the Patriots have made a trade. Also, the bigger thing that I kind of wanted to get into, which I kind of kind of remembered as we started talking about it, is obviously this past week the Patriots cut Coney Ely, which is disappointing. Last week after you left, Josh, but I was with Dave, Dave Cusack, and we talked about just how I do think that the biggest area of concern for me right now on this team, because I've accepted the O line, I'll be I'll just I'll pass off my concern for now. Soldiers looking okay. So I won't talk about O-line depth. Outside of that, my biggest concern on this team is the front seven. And part of that's due to Coney Ely was not showing himself as the sort of player that we were hoping. Which obviously, we kind of, you know, as Patriots fans, we kind of brushed aside when the Panthers traded him. What probably should have been an obvious question of... Why are they trading this? Why are they trading a 25 year old pass rusher for nothing? Essentially, to move up eight spots in the draft. We just kind of all got really excited about, oh, well, this is a guy Belichick is going to fix. And we never really asked why they traded him. And then it kind of started coming out, you know, that his coaches from Carolina were saying, like, you know, he's a guy who has consistency issues, practicing issues, work ethic issues. And then, I mean, Josh, we were seeing this from day one of training camp. He didn't practice the first day. He was asked about it. He said, you know, oh, it's Coach Bill. I don't know what that is. So there were issues from there. And then he wasn't looking great in practice. He was running with the third and fourth team a lot. And Josh Percy's leaving the building, but that's fine because I'm still here. But he was a guy who was having issues. And it wasn't working out. And in the second preseason game, he played deep in the game, probably deeper than you want a guy who you see as your starter or you want to be your starter, but he was he was playing deep into the game. He was playing well. But then, you know, this week against Detroit, he did not look good. <laughs> he looked terrible in that game. He didn't do anything, and the Patriots tried to trade him, as a lot of teams are doing right now with players that they want to cut otherwise. Some names I'm gonna I'm gonna get into in the next couple of minutes, but they were looking to trade him and they weren't able to, so now they cut him. He's been picked off off waivers by the Jets, the poor bastard. But yeah, the, the front seven is still a pretty glaring problem to be on this team, specifically where the pass rush is going to come from, because outside of Trey Flowers is not really a player I trust to provide pass rush outside of Dante Hightower. But if we're talking strictly D linemen, which once again, I talked about this with Dave last week. We tried to, you know, we tried to really list the players on the front seven that I, that me and him both trust to really produce, and it kind of just comes down to, you know, I trust Flowers, not not Marquise Flowers, Trey Flowers. I trust you know, Alan Branch. I trust Hightower. I then, after, those are the guys who I pretty emphatically trust, and then after that, like, I want to trust David Harris because he's looked good in camp. He's picked up everything well. He's always been a productive player, but, you know, he's old, so there's that little caveat of oh well he might start breaking down so I got to kind of worry about that and then Lawrence Guy also has looked good they gave him big money but you know he hasn't really played for them yet he's played pretty good in the preseason from what I've seen but you know 
you can't. So that's three guys who I really trust, and then two guys who I want to trust like that, but I just can't quite bring myself to do it. So that's not great. But then he's trying to resolve this issue at the end, and Dietrich Wise was looking good for a while at the beginning of camp, but then he got that concussion. He's working his way back now, but he's missed a lot of time. Derek Rivers, obviously, is out with the torn ACL. He was always going to be a body, but still, he was going to be another guy. And Yeah, now you look at it, and Marquise Flowers projects as a special team guy, so he doesn't really enter into this equation. Probably, but knowing Belichick, you never know what could happen. But they have an issue in the front seven, so... Something's probably coming, I would imagine, that they're gonna have they're gonna have to look outside the building because, you know, like I was saying, in years past, there would have been the roster cut down from 90 to 75 this week after the third week of the preseason. And then after the fourth week, they go from 75 to 53. But the NFL they changed that. So now instead rosters just go straight from 90 to 53 after the fourth preseason, which is, you know, good for some of these bubble guys. But anyway, so there'll be a lot of players suddenly out there so I would have and Belichick has basically said in last week that he's watched every single preseason game wire to wire which isn't surprising but you know I just I won't and I think that I would feel more comfortable if this team went out and swung a deal just for kind of a known commodity you know obviously they're not going to get Von Miller you know Khalil Mack isn't going to suddenly be cut but I don't know like you know a guy who maybe is getting paid too much with his team an older guy they cut him and then they can scoop him up and then he somebody who can produce I don't know maybe you know like I said some veteran you know like Charles Johnson got an extension but like a guy like him an older guy who's maybe too much gets cut wants a ring comes here a guy who can just get four or five sacks because I don't know. Like, I don't know who I feel comfortable with now with Ninkovich being out starting across from Trey Flowers. So I just think that it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period. And they just think it just it 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 hasn't gotten better yet is all I'm saying. Anyway, though, with that, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And we'll be right back with some more Patriot stuff and some Red Sox talk. Plant a tree for your do you know which tree Andy Jackson rested under on his way to the Battle of New Orleans? Which tree Abraham Lincoln used to cross a river? And what tree William Penn used as a landmark for his map? Taste the breeze, it's life inside you. Make a promise to the earth. There's an easy way to find out. Go to the National Arbor Day Foundation's website, arborday.org, for whatever you need to know about trees. At ArborDay.org, you'll find out what trees are right for planting where you live and that the oak is the people's choice for America's national tree. It was a Sunnybrook oak which Andy Jackson rested under on his way to the Battle of New Orleans. You'll have to go to ArborDay.org for the other answers. Plant a tree today for all the world to share. That's ArborDay.org. Okay, fellas, thanks for checking out our membership meeting for the unstoppable IOTA Gamma Kappa fraternity. Candidates will be notified around mid-semester. Peace, peace. Have a good day. Yo, can you believe that white boy showed up? Who, Justin? Yeah. 
I mean, he seems pretty cool. He's doing a lot of work in the community. He gets decent grades. Oh, yeah, I played ball with him the other day. Oh, boy, got a mean crossover. Now, see, that's what I'm talking about. White people think that just because they can rap or hoop or something, they could be one of us. Now, what would happen if one of us went across campus and tried to join one of their fraternities? <laughs> Tell you what, it'll be a cold day and you know where before I let a white boy into this frat. You feel me? Nah, Trey. I don't feel you. The first step in fighting racial prejudice is taking a stand. Imagine the power of one voice. Find your voice at freedomcenter.org. A message from the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center and the Ad Council. When you're playing pickup basketball and someone tries to make you feel bad about calling a foul, remember, it's okay to call a foul. Don't let anyone make you feel ashamed. They know what they did. For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence, featuring daily specials and free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the gangster rap. So call in at 401-490-0000 for a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. date on current events is want to hear yourself speak and join WXIN's news talk sports department and you can talk local news road events sports whatever you want attend meetings at Horace Man 186 on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. or stop by the station anytime to get your slot today This week's episode, Rattlesnake at the Pond. Oh, Johnny, skipping rocks at the pond sure is fun. Hey, look, a moving stick. That ain't a stick. That's a rattlesnake. Sassy, we're in danger. Good idea, Sassy. Go get Mr. Gunderson. You will in a second, but first you'd like to tell us something we may not know about animal shelters in the United States? It's getting close, Sassy. Approximately 8 million pets enter shelters each year? The majority of which are in shelters because of owner-related issues that the animals have no control over? Sassy the rattlesnake! Save us, Sassy! What, Sassy? You wish you were videotaping this? Sassy! Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Remember, adopt! It's not the size that matters, it's the pleasure it provides. WXIN-FM. Hello and welcome back to the Stadium Experience with Jake Ellens, the show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports. As happened in the middle of the last segment, Josh Percy has stepped out, so I'm alone here again today, but that's fine. We've been talking some Celtics, we've been talking a lot of Patriots. We're going to move into some more, probably more Patriots, more NFL stuff, some Red Sox stuff. But anyway, if you want to talk about any of that, don't be afraid to call in at 401 456-9946 or at 401-456-8787. Also, don't forget, if you've been enjoying the episode, but maybe you missed a part of it, or you just you got to leave, but you want to be able to come back and listen to the rest of it later, 
This entire episode, as all my episodes usually are, will be uploaded to the official Stadium Experience SoundCloud. So don't be afraid to just look up the Stadium Experience on SoundCloud. Or if you want to download it, don't be afraid to type in Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley onto iTunes if you wish to download the episode. So just, if you like the episode, you want to take it with you, you want to hear parts you missed, don't be afraid to do any of those things. Anyway, though, with that, I want to... Actually, something that's... I was going to talk about the Red Sox, but then I learned... And then kind of later on move into the then later on move into the more broad NFL stuff. But I we'll close with Red Sox today because you know I today there have been a lot of moves in the NFL. The Browns traded Cameron Irving, a former first round pick, to the Chiefs for a fifth round pick. Ahmad Brooks, a guy who was cut by the 49ers last week, who I thought that the Patriots should maybe be looking at as a pure pass rusher, as a guy who has could help them in this front seven, obviously, as I was just talking about in the last segment. He signed with the Steelers today. And obviously the biggest news was that Joe Hayden, the two-time Pro Bowl corner with the Cleveland Browns, was cut today. And as of about an hour ago, according to Adam, basically as soon as the show started, when I stopped checking my phone, according to Adam Schefter, he has signed with the Steelers for three years, $27 million? Yes, he signed a three-year, $27 million deal with the Steelers, $7 million this year. Don't know what the guaranteed money is, but Joe Hayden is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. He was, a, you know, other teams were in on him basically immediately. So it's pretty surprising how fast he wound up getting signed by them. But Joe Hayden is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. And obviously he hasn't made a Pro Bowl since 2014. 2015, he was hurt basically the whole year, I believe, with an ankle Last year, he had concussion issues, but he played through them for the most part. He was able to play 13 games last year. And, you know, this is a big addition for the Steelers. You know, one of the biggest things I levy, because I don't, I think that the Steelers are an overrated team. I don't like their coaching. I don't like their defense. They're a team that's built mainly around skill position players. I also think that Ben Roethlisberger is probably going to start declining soon, seeing as how he... wanted to retire things like that. that's not the only reason but then just ever since you know you've seen that photo of him from camp covered in ice from head to toe I just you know I don't feel serious about the Steelers as a threat to the Patriots I think that they're a likely candidate to make the AFC championship game again but I just if their coaching staff hasn't changed the formula the last 11 times I don't know why I can't I'm not going to assume that they're, now they're going to change it but anyway so Joe Hayden has joined the Steelers but that's a big addition for them because obviously the biggest weak point has been the secondary. They had a lot of rookies in there last year. Artie Burns, uh, Sean Davis, high draft picks, but guys who were rookies. But, you know, they're adding to that defense now. They have T.J. Watt, who's been looking great in preseason, but he's still been looking good. And now they've added Joe Hayden, who's a guy who seems, you know, prime for a bounce back. He's only 28 years old. He had the injury two years ago. He was working himself back last year, and now he's healthy. And... I don't want to indict him just because the Browns cut him because they've been just constantly cleaning house to try and get rid of their older players. So, yeah, this is a big addition for the Steelers. This is, you know, one of the Patriots, you know, bigger contenders in the AFC, you know, right up there with the Raiders. And if the Texans were to get competent quarterback play, they just added a very a legit starting Pro Bowl caliber player at their one of their biggest positions of need. So that's. I hope this doesn't mean that now they're going to play man and now they're going to figure it out, but it could. I just, they've added a very high caliber player. So I just, that's something that should be 
acknowledged. Anyway, I'm going to complain about the Red Sox now. So, last night the Red Sox were able to win 3-0 against the Toronto Blue Jays. Their lineup basically, you know, what should be their peak performance pitching lineup came in and did what exactly what you do. Chris Sale went seven scoreless innings or... Yeah, Chris Sale went seven scoreless innings. Addison Reed came in in the eighth as the eighth inning guy. Struck him out. Nobody scored on him. Then Craig Kimbrell came in in the ninth. And one, two, three, Blue Jays out. Which is strange because this was the third night in a row that Reed and Kimbrell have both played, which I'm not complaining about. I don't mind them doing that at this point in the year, but... Farrell seemingly two weeks ago talked about how he didn't want to overwork Reed and didn't want to overwork Kimbrell, but now he's using him three nights in a row. So I don't what I don't know what the plan is there, but I'm not complaining about them using them too much. Addison Reed, especially, is a guy who's in his career has played typically played a lot of innings. But anyway, so they were able to win. But last night, the base running. Sucked. Again. Oh, my God. Nunez was thrown out twice last night on bad plays. Bonehead plays. Nunez was thrown out twice. And Rajay Davis also almost got terribly thrown out last night. Nunez also almost got thrown out a third time and only didn't get thrown out because of just egregious defense from Toronto. So Red Sox who gotten thrown out on the bases four times last night if it wasn't for just gross defense by the Toronto Blue Jays, whose defense was just not, not good. <laughs> not good last night. And the Red Sox... Only were able to get out of that a lot because. And look, they beat them, and the Blue Jays aren't a great team, but, you know, that wasn't great to see. Just because that's the thing that's going to follow them. Because they don't seem to be able to figure out this base running thing. How to base run. They don't seem to be able to figure it out, so I don't know. That's not great. So we'll have to see how they remedy that, but it's kind of seeming like they haven't fixed it yet, and they're so much worse at it than the rest of the league. That is just the thing. It's just going to be their weakness. So I don't know how I feel about that, because even on a night where their pitching lineup, you know, they were able to overcome it, but on a night where their, you know, their top-of-the-line rotation pitching lineup was able to pitch nine scoreless innings. Of probably their three, you know, their best start, their ace, their best closer, and their best setup man. Or the guy who should be their best setup man. So, I hope that that's not what they're going to need to bail them out from their base running. But, I don't know. Also, this team, and obviously, when I saw the losing streak, I was kind of frothing at the mouth to come in here and give them the business for it. But they've, after their... Four-game losing streak 
bad lo- a lot of bad losses there, losing 13 to 6 to the Indians, 16 to 3 to the Orioles, 7 to 0 to the Orioles, just generally getting swept by the Orioles. They put themselves back in this hole. Basically, because, you know, after they face Toronto tomorrow, they face the Yankees, who right now are down. Last night, the game against the Indians got the first the game against the Indians got postponed last night. And the, they're playing a doubleheader against Cleveland right now, which they lost the first game of today, two to one. And they're playing and they're in the top of the first for the second game right now, down four nothing. So. The Yankees aren't doing so hot, so maybe I'm digging a little bit here. But, you know, after what they did against the Yankees last last series, I was hoping, you know, the Red Sox are going to pull ahead now. But then they go on this losing streak, and now they're kind The Yankees are a little further behind than they were during this first series, but still, they're still only four and a half back right now. So they still, if they could come in and put up a good series, you know, 2-1 the Red Sox, or, excuse me, it's a four-game series. If they can come in and 3-1 the, the Red Sox, suddenly, you know, maybe they're only down two games or a game and a half. You know, the Red Sox still haven't pulled away from the Yankees in the AL East, which isn't great. So once again, this Red Sox-Yankees series is going to be another barometer for the Red Sox to see where they're at. And it just it would make you feel a lot better if they could have pulled ahead by now instead of kind of going back into this right now. Now they're in New York and you know they have to prove that they can pull ahead again. So I don't know. I'm not hitting the panic button about this team, but I'm just saying like they haven't pulled away as much as I would have liked them to have by this point in the season after the last Red Sox Yankees series. Anyway though, with all that, it's it's time of day where I'm going to bid you all adieu now. Thank you to Josh Purse for coming in for a little bit. He's out right now, but still, thank you to him. Uh, welcome back, all the students, to Rick for this new semester. The stadium experience will be continuing for the semester in this time slot, Wednesdays, 4 to 6. So, obviously, we'll be back next week in this time slot, Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m., right here on 90.7 WXIN. Once again, if you want to listen to the episode in its entirety, this will be uploaded to the official stadium experience SoundCloud and will be downloadable on iTunes. Anyway, though, with all that, this has been the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley. And I'm Jake Elmsley, signing off.